Laser House. Welcome to this episode 185. I'm here with David and Lewis. Hey, hey. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and this is Bobby. And here we are in the beginning of the season, our 2020, 2020 season. 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> our 1010. Our 1010. Season was gracious. <laughs> well, yeah, man. So we made it to here. Like it was a journey, man. Finally, <laughs> finally. It's been a journey, man. It's been holidays. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's been eating and drinking. And <laughs> yeah, it's been sitting around and getting fat. That's really it. <laughs> playing FIFA, playing, playing freaking um, uh, King of the Hill on FIFA and, and, and Mystery Ball. Ball. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Shout out. <laughs> Anybody knows what that means? <laughs> Yeah, if anybody wants to start a mystery ball tournament, hit us up. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be crazy. I I know I'd lose my fucking top. I'd get so mad at that game. Ooh, even more incentive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, angry, yeah. angry FIFA Bobby is actually, like, the best. The best. The best it's, so, it's so satisfying. <laughs> so satisfying. It really is. Fuck you guys. I said, I said Bobby. I said, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh the other day there was a there was a the only thing that gets me that mad like that mad like it's crazy <laughs> that specific angry there was there was a, a a thing uh the other day that was on that i saw on twitter where the coach in zanzibar like i guess he was fired from a previous team and then he he took over another team and he beat that team that the, the team that fired him or his former his former team and he just went nuts on the sideline just taunting the the fans and and everybody he was just like doing all the pelvis pumps and he, I think he even took, <laughs> pulled his pants down I don't and, don't, I don't do that <laughs> and, and pulled, no 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 no, no. Okay. that's that's me oh, internally when I beat you <laughs> oh I know. <laughs> Oh my god. I always so, have to walk off. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sit there silently fist pump yep. fist pumping yep. and, and Yeah, and that's what gets so me even angrier. I'm like, you act like I know you, you you're not doing it. Like I see it. I see it in your head. I see you <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, any, anybody who wants to do a mystery ball tournament, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so guys we just re- recorded balls and beers yay that's back um, yeah that's back uh so make sure you guys go get your tables submit your picks uh we're gonna do we're gonna upload uh the table on a weekly basis so you guys gotta hit uh lazerhouse.com on a weekly basis to get that table downloaded um that this way we try and keep it uh, keep the, the scheduling changes and stuff like that to a minimum. So, like I said, keep going, keep going back uh, to the website and uh, and grab your table, submit your picks, see if you can do better than us. Most likely, yes. Spe- specifically for me, most likely, yes. Um, but yeah, here we go. We're re- this is the the start of the new season. We're we're all, you know the the it's not the 20 the eve of the 2020 season you know that's not till friday but you know for podcast purposes we're 2020 eve here we go oh yeah 
And, and you know what? I, maybe it's just me, but I felt this was an extremely long offseason. Like, very, very long. Last year's, I felt, was actually very short. I actually, like, between the balls and beers, like, oh, I don't have to do picks anymore. And then I felt like the three months just flew by as if it were one week. And, like, what the hell? My three months yeah. are up. I don't want to do this. But this year, just a very long offseason. I felt like I haven't predicted uh, games in, like, two years. Maybe because I, I, feel, tr- I feel out of practice. I like definitely feel out of practice. I went back and I listened to our 2019 season preview, and I was like, "Damn, we sound so professional in that one." And then we were like, "All kinds." When of the world. hell do we sound professional? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, That's a surprise had, to me. Christian, <laughs> we had Christian Miles on that episode, and I feel bad because in that episode, oh, he yeah. gave us a hard time for for taking a long time to like. Hit him back up for another show, and now it's been a year. <laughs> so, well, Christian, we we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit you up soon. <laughs> My bad, dude. Because, <laughs> yeah, at that point, it was like six months, and he's like, oh, what, what took you guys so long? And we're like, oh, you, don't worry, we won't wait six months. No, we didn't wait six months, Christian. We waited a year. So, <laughs> so, so we, we kept our end of the bargain. We didn't wait six months. Uh, so you know, but but honestly, like this season, I, I am looking forward to try to have more guests, uh, friends of the pod that were on previous, you know, in previous years, and maybe even new people. Uh, considering that there's new teams to talk about, you know, maybe people who are doing stuff for Nashville, people are doing stuff for Miami, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I, I think that that's going to be the thing that that's going to help us is, is getting more, more people on the pod, more, more of our, our sort of uh, MLS universe kind of people. We're getting banned bunny, are we? Oh no, I, I can, I cannot confirm nor deny that he will be coming on the pod. Okay. Okay. He's banned. And, yeah. and he's not Bobby's he, and, and and Bobby's not his favorite anymore. So uh, you know that's gonna be hard. But, that's gonna be hard but, for him. But I am. So. Oh, you're you're the favorite now. I'm the favorite now. Oh, I'm gonna have to talk to him about, about that. Let's talk to him. Um, here we go. Let's let's get into this. So, uh, before we get into our 2020 MLS preview and predictions, let's talk a little bit about the Galaxy. Um, the final preseason game. Versus Chicago was last weekend. Um, we thankfully did not get rained out because, uh, Lewis, I don't know if you know this, um, Corner of the Galaxy planned to have a live, pod- live podcast that day before the game, before the Galaxy game, and yeah, was not that. able to start on time because, uh, the, because of the weather. There was lightning uh, in the area, so they, yeah. uh, they couldn't uh, start in time. Um, that was too bad. Um, and uh, the, the game that was before that, which was, I think, Toronto versus Colorado, ended up getting abandoned because of that as well. Um, but when the Galaxy started playing, all the sun came out. It was actually warm, a warm day. Uh, I spent the game in the V-Block, which was amazing. Uh, I had a really great time. Uh, my, my kids had a great time in, in the Victoria block. They got to do the drums and, and they wanted to wave the flags, but, uh, they, you know, they, they're a little heavy, so they didn't get a chance to wave the flags. But overall, it was a good time. Uh, the view from the Victoria block is certainly a good one. Um, 
I can't say that I spent a lot of time watching the actual game in the first half. One, because it wasn't a lot to kind of look at. And two, I was having too much fun, um, you know, chanting and, and, and going along with everybody in the Victoria block. Uh, I, that's probably one of the one of the reasons why I would be a little like reserved to be in the Victoria block because I know I would be having fun and I'm like oh yeah there's a game going on oh I should have been paying attention because we record in two days you know <laughs> so um, and uh, but I mean from what we saw in that uh, when they unveiled it it's it looks like it's going to be amazing it's going to be rocking all season. And uh, I it's, know it's loud, groups. Uh, for sure. It's it's louder than previous years. Like even oh, yeah. half full, it seems very loud. I well, I mean, Bobby was uh, during that uh, open training session when Bobby was on the field. He was on the other side of the stadium, and, uh, and while they were interviewing was... Chicharito, he he said that like they were able to almost drown out the reporters and Chicharito because of how loud they were. And you know this wasn't a, a yep. full stadium. That was yeah. So, that was less less than the people that were this past weekend. So this yeah. past weekend, it was pretty damn. I mean, it felt pretty. It felt really lively. It was really loud and all and throughout the entire game as well. So it's really I great think, that you, we're gonna get that vibe now and we're gonna get that all year round. It's fantastic. And I think that's what it yeah. is. I think people are very excited to. Uh, debut it in the regular season. They're ready to to get the season started. Uh, as I was telling David earlier, I I I feel like it was a very long off season. Uh, I'm not sure uh, anybody else there. feels that way, but yeah, exactly. I think the energy is there. I think that people are excited uh, to to get the season started to see this team and what they're capable of. We were, I mean, at least on paper, the offense looks like it could very well break records but uh you know paper teams don't always do that so um i i think there's a lot of question marks there but i think a lot of people are really really anxious to get the season started and um uh, unfortunately we start the season on the road but uh the, during that home opener it's uh, granted that it's a very weak opponent it's something to get very excited about but uh just the fact that it's a home opener it's gonna it, it, there's gonna be this huge party atmosphere uh, on that night, and I I can't wait for it. I I'm yeah, sure, I'm, I really wish it was this yep. weekend. Yep, I'm I'm looking forward to it a lot. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but, so so let's look at let's look at the the starting eleven for this preseason game. Probably the closest we're going to get to what we're going to see on opening day. Um, or, or I should I'm say, sure uh, it's for, going for to first be kick. that lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so unless there's big, uh, an injury uh, between. Now and then, this is probably the lineup that's going to be featured. Shut up. Um, we got Bingham in goal, uh, Felcher, Depew, Pipo, and Insua on the back line. We got Lejet, Kitchen, and Clushin in the midfield, and Katai, Chicha, and Pavon in, uh, on the forward three. Um, what did you guys think about this starting lineup? Seems pretty standard. Uh, I mean, except for we know the, that Dos Santos is yeah, except for Kitchen because Dos Santos is uh, we know that he's injured. If he wasn't, Dos Santos would be in there yep. for Kitchen. Um, everything else was exactly the way uh, we uh, suspected. Um, Stara is also injured, so you have no choice but to bring in uh, 
the pew, I'm not sure how long or um, steroids is out or even what he's suffering from. Um, because there would be no other reason to keep him out of the lineup the game before uh, the regular season starts uh, unless there was some sort of injury involved there. So uh, the pew gets a hip. I think it's a hip or yeah, I think I think uh, Scalotto mentioned that it might be like a hip injury, but um, <clears throat> but he's expected to be back sometime this week. Yeah, it, I think it was just like a nagging injury, something long term. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, Depew has come in from Galaxy Two and has impressed. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but has I, done his I job. think exactly. Yeah. I think he's been serviceable, yeah. and I think that if you know, uh, if Steris is not ready to go in Houston, I feel I, and I'm not even sure if this is good or bad. Um, but I have more confidence in Depew than I have in Gonzalez. So, certainly, yes, certainly. Um, so um, that says a lot about both of these players. Uh, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. As far as our back line and our depth, uh, just depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, but I, I do like what I saw uh, in the pew the past couple games. Um, and then question seems to have won the starting spot over Corona. And, and we were talking about this on the Megapod. And I had said, personally, I think question is the better player. But I feel that he would be better off the bench simply as a super sub because if you need a late, if you need a goal late in the game, there's nobody else that can provide that off the bench. But question right. will. Um, so, but uh, and it certainly, looks like- if, if if that was reversed, if you brought in Corona to try and get a goal, I, I think you'd be scratching your head, going like, "What? What, what is he going to do?" You know, you bring Corona, you bring a guy in like uh, Corona to kill a game off, not to create offense you don't think so okay we may have lost lewis um we certainly- but i agree with lewis though i mean i i think it's the opposite i think question would have been the more intellectually and better at attack you know as a super sub you know but i mean he's doing i guess fine as is as as the moment now and Corona, yeah, it's just it's just switching switching them back and forth. You get you 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 get some strengths and weaknesses on both ends. So I mean, it's not really too much of a loss if you remove one or the other. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. For, for me, one for me, Corona the is the yeah. For me, Corona is the worker guy, work rate guy. You bring him in, you tire out a defense, and then you drop in question in like the 60th minute to start you know playing. Yeah through balls and, and and hitting lines and stuff like that. And maybe the reason he's been um, on the field more is to get his fitness up so that when he does come in, he's going to be that much more effective. Because um, if you're only playing him in, in some minutes, then you know he may not be fit to go for longer if he needed to. Um, but I like that we at least have some depth there between Kitchen Corona and uh, Question. So that's, that's uh, certainly that's a big big plus there um now i I actually feel that if question won the spot outright i'm okay with that oh yeah i just you know i have no problem with him starting as far as well did he deserve was he the better player did he show more i have no problem there 
I just have a problem with well, what happens if you need to change something in, in the middle of the game and you need a game changer. I don't think you have one on the bench right now. Anywhere. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I mean... Is that new signing to, for know, today have, in the midfield? That we have uh, Gordon Wild. There we go. We have Gordon Wild, you know. I mean, it says it in the name. You want to change stuff. You want some. You want to change stuff, you get wild. You, can, I, you know you what can, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> How dare I? How uh, dare I? Uh, to be honest with you, and and we'll we'll switch to talking about the defense right now. Um, one of the big revelations I know certainly for me and for Bobby was the addition of Insua. Man, he really impressed in that first Loved game. Them. Loved them. I thought he was excellent. He was what I'm not sure if it's going to be as big of of a fan favorite, but I feel that he won. A lot of Galaxy fans over in one game the way Van Dam did in his first game. Mm-hmm. And not in the same, but yeah, it's not in the same manner. But and they and they did it differently. I think that we have been so in need of a left back. Uh, Ashley Cole left a very big void there when he left, and Insua looks to have picked up that role and. He looks like he's going to make it his own. And I think he's going to thrive under this system. He is one of um, Skeletal's guys. No reason for him not to be thriving here. And I mean, my guy, yeah, I my, mean, the guy looks solid. Insua, Insua even made Rolf Felcher look better. That, oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to be doing as one of the bigger players in the on the team. You know, I mean, ultimately, that that job is going to fall on Pavon. He has to make the other players around him better. And but uh, Insua is a is a great addition to that back line. What worries me is that was literally the only thing that you added all season. And you had to call in or promote a guy from Galaxy 2 who at least at the moment is working out. Um, we are currently in negotiations with Independiente of Argentina for Alan Franco. And what was once thought to be a very close agreement, or at least a verbal, close to a verbal agreement, apparently is anything but, as we still have not officially signed him. He is currently still playing for the team. He's not even sitting on the sidelines. He's not benched. He's not. You know, sitting off to the side or whatnot. Uh, he's back to playing to be... because before he's back to playing because before this he was taking himself out of right games. And John Rojas had tweeted earlier, and he's the one that's been keeping up with the with the updates. He's been on this. Um, all of our news is coming from him. Uh, he tweeted earlier today. He says, "Hey, Galaxy fans, how would you feel about having him come in May?" when the MLS transfer window opens or even in July. Um, and so it, what basically what I'm reading into that tweet is don't look for him to come in March, the way a lot of people thought, um, you know, a lot of people thought that that was going to happen, that he would, okay, he'd finish off the, the season in Argentina, which finished March 8th. So uh, he'd probably miss the first three games of the season before coming into the team. 
And uh, then you have a bye week, I think, after the third game. So um, that's more than enough time to get himself, you know, ready and um, ready to go hit the ground running with the team. But it, it seems that he's not coming to later, if even that. I mean, how do you feel about that? Bobby, I'll, I'll let you answer until before I get mine. Sorry, I walked away for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so if Alan Franco, if Alan Franco doesn't come right uh, now after March eighth, the next, uh, the if next, he's uh, not coming trade? till May or maybe even July when the when the transfer window opens. I'm the um, type of person that wants everybody that? one right now. <laughs> I want everyone right now. I don't want to wait for the the next uh, till July. But my my, I don't know my my. I want a, I want an attacker. That's what I want. I want. An we have want, we have enough attackers. We need. Mm, defenders. We don't have a striker. We don't have. A, we have. We, we need a second striker. Because we, the the one problem we're gonna uh, have is Gordon we're gonna Gordon Wild. You're the one who brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> he's a midfielder. Gordon, have, no, uh, no, he's a forward. Gordon Wild got Ethan Zubak. back. Well, I was looking on the Galaxy team today, and they have him as the midfielder. first. The first LA Galaxy. Yeah, the, the first LA Galaxy player to ever be born in Carson, uh, Cameron Dunbar, 17 years old. He's like 15, 16 years old. I don't know. He's, he's super young. Um, he, those guys aren't getting minutes this year. Um, I, I, I agree with Bobby in that I want a guy to come in now. Um, if we have to wait until May, I think that you're better off going out and finding somebody else. Um Certainly, if you have to wait till July, I think there are much better options happening once the summer transfer window opens than you know trying to get this guy um, from in the in the end day. So, I think that you can. If if we're gonna have to wait, you have to reassess whether or not he's the right player for you. Or sure, not. because there's gonna be uh, so many other open opening spots of other right, players. Exactly. Yeah, there's a part of me that agrees with that, and you know. No, if we have to wait till July to to get him, then yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be better options or or whatnot that will be coming along. Um, you got to remember, we can't make a home run signing in uh, the f- form of a DP because we have all three of them used up. So it would have to be some sort of TAM player, but I I have to imagine that if if that's the case, there has to be some sort of backup plan to this i'm sure that they're probably already looking in that direction but there's also part of me that says well what if you wait till july and that's usually when teams make that big signing that gives you that push that playoff push that most teams uh start on uh during that month or even the uh, in august now um and i feel that well since you can't sign a dp if you were to bolster up that back line in the time when you probably need it the most, I wouldn't say that's completely a bad idea either. But obviously, the sooner the better. If you're giving me the option between you know March 8th and July, whatever, I'm going to take March every single time. But I think there could be some um, positives to that. You can reinforce at a time when most MLS teams are reinforcing their squads. But at the same time, if you get an injury to one of those center backs, again, you're kind of screwed there. In fact, the Galaxy are so 
lacking in depth that if one starter goes down, you're on the brink of disaster. All you need is one starter to go down, and, and it throws everything out of whack. Right, right now, we have Dos Santos out, which is a major piece. It's not long-term. I think he's only missing one game, two at the very, very, very most. But you bring in Kitchen, and you still have a decent enough squad. But take away another starter anywhere, and you're very, very close to a crisis, and you're pushing that panic button because there's no other replacement for anybody else. And even if there was, you're saying to yourself, okay, if you come in and say replace him with, okay, well, we still have Joe Corona, and we can move some pieces around depending on who gets injured. Okay, let's do that. Where are your subs going to be? Now you have no subs. Like You are in a lot of danger uh, in being in crisis if one more starter goes down. This really throws the, the entire team and possibly the season off the rails if there's a major injury happening to another starter. That's what worries me right here. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, on, on, on my agenda for today was Galaxy Depth Chart. Um, it, it seems like we're we're jumping the gun here before we we finish talking about this game. But sorry, I mean ulti- ultimately, um, with the preseason game versus Chicago, we have a one-one draw. Um, I felt like I felt like the the team was trying really hard to get Chicharito goal, and he had his chances. Um, Pavondo did do some of the things that we had talked about last week and that he's trying to do too much on his own or a lot. He's trying to do a lot on his own. He took quite a few shots and he came close a lot of the times. Um, but I think that the, the, the other part of that um, is let's get Chicha a goal and they tried and Chicha couldn't execute. Um, I'm not super worried about that. Um, Bobby and I had talked about this in the car on the way home Um where Chicharito, well, it looked like the Galaxy was playing Chicharito ball or Zlatan ball for Chicharito. Um, I don't really yeah. see it that way. I, well, I, what I saw a lot is every time the midfield or the defense looked up, they're looking for Pavon. Like that is their singular focus: is where's Pavon, and they're getting they're trying to get the ball to Pavon because he's the one that's driving the offense. Well. Pavon actually comes back to get the ball because usually he's usually on the run from midfield with the ball in almost every I mean, play that he has Ch- the ball. And Chicharito, Chicharito was, was trying Chicharito, to a lot. Yeah, but I mean, the execution I mean, that's was, what there was, was no execution he's there. But, back. Yeah, but he's coming back too far for what he needs to. The team needs to to, to assist a bit with him, go into the, drive the midfield a little bit forward. Um, don't, so don't, don't have... Play don't have, don't have him don't have Pavon overexert himself because then we're going to have the whole situation with Alessandrini where he's driving himself up against the wall and he's going to get tired and get injured in the season very soon. We can't have him be playing that way all the time. And yes, in this preseason game, it was incredibly evident that they were playing the ball to Chicharito to get him to get him to get him to have a goal in this preseason game, which I wasn't against. Now, if they continue doing that, in or in if they continue doing that and ignore their open opportunities, then I'm going to get upset. I don't think that's going to happen. But if the, if we start beginning to see that, it's going to get me upset very much so. 
But um, the midfielder need, the midfield needs to get a lot stronger, um, and they need to learn how to drive the ball forward. I mean, I've been saying that for fucking four seasons now. Um, I thought throughout the game, our defensive d- defensively, we were pretty okay. We were doing fine. I walked away to go to the restroom to beat all of the crowds, and that's when they scored on us. So I completely <laughs> missed that goal. I thought we. I was. I left. The, I was going to the restroom thinking we were winners. Um, so I missed all of that. I missed that. I missed that whole thing. But I just don't want Pavon to run against the wall um, like Alessandrini did because I can see it happening. Even though Pavon is a lot more skilled player, um, I just don't want him to overexert himself because, again, what Lewis was saying is one chip falls, all of it is going to go down. How do you guys feel about... I know the results don't matter, and it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't be looking at the results for any sort of indication of how the regular season will go. Um, if we lose all the games, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a bad season. If we win all the games, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a good season. Um, we we lost one game, uh, we drew one game, and we won the rest. How are you guys feeling overall as far as what you saw in the preseason games? More David, because Bobby kind of answered it. I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, the I think that the GBS system, the way that GBS wants to play, the you know, there's still things that need to be worked on. And, and again, transitioning from offense to defense, that's the big one because uh, the goals that got scored on us were preventable. Um, you know, they're, they're, I don't think any of the goals that have been scored on us from preseason have been, oh my God, oh my God, that was an incredible goal. Like, I can't believe that was a goal. You know what I mean? You said it doesn't, uh, I'll ask Bobby this, because David already said that you're not worried that Chicharito isn't scoring. Does it worry you, Bobby? Say that again? Um, David had said that he's not worried about Chicharito not scoring as of yet. Officially, he has not scored. Um, yeah, no, he has a I, I, I can't say the same for, say, the Vancouver game because there's two goals where we have no idea who scored them. We have a very good, you know, a good assumption of who scored those two goals. Uh, but officially, Chicharito has not scored a goal in the preseason. So yeah. David said he's not worried about that. Are you worried about that? I'm not worried that he hasn't scored in the preseason. I would get worried if he doesn't end up scoring in the season. Um, he doesn't have to be a top goal scorer for me. Um, he needs to, if, if he's not making a lot of goals, I mean, I want him to be racking up assists. Um, but yeah, I'm not really worried about it right now. I, not, not him specifically. What I'm worried is the execution on the ball going forward. Right now, it doesn't seem cohesive, and it's not connecting yet. And I feel like they've had enough games and enough time within the month to be better than what they are now. I kind of have to agree to a certain extent. Uh, Obviously, you hope for all the kinks to be worked out before the uh, season opener. That isn't always the case. You're going to see some rust and you're going to see some sloppy play, uh, I'm sure, in the, within the first month of the season. But I, I think that this offense is still trying to fight themselves. I, I, I do believe that 
and this is the optimism that the players will um, connect with each other. And I think, uh, honestly, I think they'll be fine. Well, I hope so. But like, I, like you were saying, once an injury goes down, things don't start quite connecting again. And things start falling apart because we're, we don't have that depth to the point where it, you could just swap players and keep on going without any hitches. Um, right. <clears throat> so with that, let's let's get to the, the team depth chart. Um, we're going to start from the back and we'll go up. And then uh, we're going to get on with the next the next part of our show. So, um, goalkeeper Bingham, uh, as we know, he played almost every game last season. I think that he's still the de, de facto starter. Uh, the guys behind him, uh, Vom Stieg and Lopez, are not likely to displace him unless there's an injury, uh, which I, I think would doubt. be. Yeah, highly doubt or, or catastrophic. Um, I think Von Stieg is the closest to maybe stepping into a starting role, but again, he's not very experienced. And so, uh, you know, David Bingham is the de facto starter. Um, <clears throat> we'll go on the left. Uh, the de facto starter on the left is Insua. And I think uh, behind him in the depth is probably Triore, followed by Quayo. Uh, now, usually, that would be Acosta, but since he got injured, we don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't think that we should factor him into um, into the depth chart here. Uh, for center back, you have uh, People Gonzalez on the left and Daniel Stair is on the right. And I think Depew could probably fill in on either one of those sides. Uh, I, if Alan Frankel comes in, I think that he displaces Gonzalez and uh and then he becomes the second um you know the the, the second uh in the the depth chart for for center back on the left side um on the right you have Felcher and Araujo and I think that's you know pretty close I think they're gonna switch back and forth a lot so far I mean so far so good what do you think Bobby that sounds exactly correct. It sounds like exactly the lineup and how we're going to start these games from the back line for sure. Okay. I mean, what am I going to say? I, think I don't I, want them. <laughs> I mean, that's what we got. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think everything is uh, in order. I think it sucks that Acosta is, is out for the season or not officially the season, but he, he won't be back till September, October, um, kind of like Alison Dreamy. And, um, then on the right back, I actually think that you are – I don't want to say you're at the strongest, but if you were to flip either one of those two players, you'd probably be at the same level, give or take. You yeah, know. It would, it's like a same same level either either way. Or yeah, you, you, gain, a, you gain one thing, you lose a little bit of something else and, and vice versa. Yeah. I think it, it's, a, it's a fair trade-off there and, um, you know, that's – pretty much the only position where you can say that um if we had signed alan franco maybe stairs I, I would think i would think that the center back pairings would be the same way that you are being challenged for your starting role and you have to step up every single game because i feel that when you look at nick depew's play hey if someone isn't doing their job here's a kid who's ready to come in and fill in the shoes and like i said i have a lot of not a lot of confidence, but I have more confidence in him than I have Gonzalez. 
And obviously, I have no idea how Franco plays and how he's going to fit in here. But, I mean, if they're going after him this relentlessly, i got to figure that there's a reason for that. Um, I'm not saying that he's a superstar, but there's a reason Skelton is really pushing for this guy. Um, There was another defender that uh, before Franco, and I cannot remember his name, but they were going after him. And then they said, oh, never mind. Forget it. But they haven't done that with Franco yet. It looks like they're... It looks like they're pretty hell bent on signing him one way or the other. And there's a reason. Yeah, I think I think so the reason, reason, reason is I, I think the reason is they feel like they're close. So I think that's that's fine. And, and the fact that it's gotten a little quiet um, does not worry me. But uh, let's move on to the midfield, and this is where it gets dicey, guys. Um, so uh, you have Corona, um, and I think the depth is a question. Or vice versa, I think you can swap either one of those, much like Filter and Araujo. Uh, you have Jonathan Dos Santos and Kitchen and Legette and the injured Efrain Alvarez, although he should be back within a few a few weeks. I think that's probably our, our midfield. Uh, the way our midfield is looking right there. Um, that seems about right. Not, not a lot of depth. Not a lot of depth. And as I said before, there's not much of a spark Coming off the bench there, um, Efrain Alvarez is injured. You won't see him for, I believe, at least two months. I think it's like some sort of uh, ligament injury. Um, and that he's starting. I think he's actually already started uh, rehab. So uh, I think the timetable, they said, is around two months. Um, so not too bad. Um, that's a guy who isn't a huge piece of the puzzle. And he's still kind of unproven, still young, so could be a spark off the bench, may not be a spark off the bench. It may very well just be, here, here's a rotation guy. Um, but you expect, he expect He's always been kind of a spark off the bench every time we use him. Um, whether it's worked out for us or not is a different thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember feel there like was a couple games. That... I remember there was a couple games he came off all like super energetic and then he fucked up like twice, like right away. And we were like, ah, you know, got scored on or something like that. I it's, remember. It's, but it's I kind of crazy feel... that he hasn't solidified a starting spot. And that that's a little worrisome that our academy guys that are coming up um, are not sort of grabbing onto those those spots. I think Araujo has probably been the the guy on the team that right now that that has been the one that at, that came in and, and said like no 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 I belong here. I deserved it at the starting spot. And and even then, you know, this year might, might be the year where we see that happening. Um but a, a guy like Alvarez, we've heard about him for the last what, 2-3 years and we've seen him in sparse minutes here and there. So, I get that they want to bring him in, you know, uh slowly. But I also think that it's a little bit too slow for for a guy with Alvarez's potential. Uh, I mean, uh, see, the word potential is a a trigger word for me now in the sport. And I just I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing the word potential. I just I, I can't stand it anymore. Are you good to me now? No, but I will. I don't care. Are you good to me now? No, then I don't need you. Then I don't. So what do you do? So what do you do? You 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 let you him have go. No ch- like we did no, with Yanez no. and and. I, I'm not saying you're letting him go. I'm just saying that I I don't want to bank on a player right now, based on potential. What what I'm saying well, is see, but, I, no, I can't. No, but just, see, I, but that's can't... been my problem is that we haven't banked on that player. 
Why, why shown... haven't we banked on that player? But has he been given still... a good opportunity to show? Is my is is the the question here? I I understand that it's going to be a little harder for Alvarez to shine in a position where usually a team like the Galaxy will go off and spend a lot of money on. Attacking players are where the DP signings are going to be. So if you're a forward, especially if you're a forward or an attacking midfielder, you have a very very uphill battle to climb, especially if you're playing for an organization like the Galaxy, who usually spend a lot of money. Uh, traditionally on those positions. Now, Julian Araujo can make that his own because as defenders, traditionally, the Galaxy have actually done that, either with AJ De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Daniel Steres, Dave Romney, Nick DePew. So the Galaxy traditionally have had success in the defense. And let's be honest, uh, a lot of players around the league, kind of the same way, they're usually defenders because... Most of the money is going to be spent on foreign talent. Right. It's going to be on the attacking player. So I understand that Alvarez has a much harder hill to climb based on his position. What I'm saying is if you were to bring him on, let's just say he was healthy. If you were to bring him on because you had no other choice because that's your depth guy, can you confidently rely on him to be a game changer? Can you confidently rely on him right this moment, right now? 2020 season, can you rely on him to come in and make a difference for the Galaxy? For me, the answer is, as of right now, no. And most of the well, answers as of right now, be, he's injured. Okay, <laughs> so. well, I'm, I'm saying, I also say when he's healthy, if he's healthy, would he be that player? I don't think he's that player right now. I'm granted that he's not going to like change overnight, but and granted that his potential is high. But if you're not realizing that potential, then you're no good to me right now. You yeah, really I, aren't. I, honestly, I think that given the opportunity, given if if you bring him in as a guy who is going to give you something different, I think Efrain is the type of player, if you give him enough of those chances to do that with time, with minutes – um, he will. He will make a difference. He won't. He won't be a spark the way that like a guy, a speedy guy uh, uh, who's going to create something is going to be a spark. But if you give him time to kind of like just in the game, I think that he will. He can provide something um, that that maybe some of the other guys don't. I mean, because his his vision and his pass is really good. Um, but I think he just has had too few opportunities to really get himself into, into games. And, and so like, that's my point is like, I, I expected to see him further along, given that the way that they were touting him in years past or, in, you know, previously to, to this season. So um, let's move on to the, the top three. We have Pavon and uh, this is where the depth chart gets a little funky because um, my initial, my initial version of this depth chart, I had just Pavon with no other names underneath him, and I realized like that's, that's <laughs> terrifying. Um, so I started playing in players that are also uh, elsewhere on the depth chart. So I think if uh, Pavon comes off, you can stick Question or Quail in that spot. Um, and they'll be able to provide. I mean, obviously not what Pavon provides, but they'll be they'll be able to fill in on that role. Um, on the other side, you have Katai. 
Um, and again, you look at the depth chart and you go, okay, well, who can sit there? I think Legit gets moved up uh, into Katai's spot should uh, Katai not be available. Um, and then uh, I would probably say that either Gordon Wild or uh, Cameron Dunbar. As, uh, as the I, roster stands right now, those are the guys that you're looking at to go, uh, maybe those are the, the wide the wide forwards. Well, I think Dunbar is not seeing any first team minutes this year. I think he's actually going to be playing in Galaxy 2. Yeah, um, but for I the think, purposes of filling out this chart. Then I honestly believe that Zubak is going to fall before Dunbar. Out wide. Oh, out wide. Yes. Well, then, I mean, you're like I said, if, if any one of your starters goes down, you're, you're screwed in so many ways. Right. You're screwed so, in so many ways. And, and, and then and, uh, looking at Chicharito Hernandez, you have Zubak behind him and you have Wild and then Dunbar. Um, yeah. So um, that, that's I, I think forward, that for uh, forward, you, you know, you have bodies, but you don't have true depth right. in those positions. And I also think that uh, I think Josh had mentioned that there there was a trial list um, with the Galaxy this oh, preseason, Corniak uh, or yeah, whatever his name is, and and looks like uh, from what he's saying, chances are that he's going to be signed. And again, here is a guy who's a trial list, and who's going to be backing up is probably going to be Katai or Pavon. That's a huge drop off. So uh, when we were talking in the Megapod. When I said we are not contenders in the traditional sense, contenders have a team ready to go, top to bottom, ready to withstand anything that the league and the season is going to throw at them. And that includes fatigue and injuries and, you know, uh, rotations or suspensions, whatever it is. You also, team- you also have to remember that that a lot of this team is going to get filled out as the months go on. I mean, you know, we were adding people all the way until May, and then we added Pavon in the summer. So I think that there's, there's still more depth to be had. We're not going to make any big-name signings, but I think that we can still go out there and find some depth pieces. And, and I, I'm willing to bet that this is – this depth chart is something that Teclosa and Scaloto think about all the time. And I of think course. that they, they're, they're well aware that this is a, a problem that they need to address. But, so, you know, this considering what we have right now, you know, this is what it is. I think it's a first it's a it's a very good I would say it's a top five, um, you know, MLS first team squad. But then, you know, after that, then it. it you know, like you said, there's the a huge drop off. Yeah. So, um, but you know, if if you manage to get minutes for some of these guys and get them experienced and and the and the system works, then you know maybe maybe it's not a big impact. Um, I mean, uh, that's the that's the hope, you know. But, but uh, I mean, as Galaxy fans know, not everything goes according to plan. I mean, like I said, we've been playing the waiting game quite a bit. As- far as wait till we're all healthy or wait till we start clicking or wait till this happens wait till we sign this player i mean there's a lot of uh, waiting and seeing instead of okay we need to make do with what we got and um so you know the optimism is that everything worked itself out perfectly and that really hasn't been the case for us uh the last few seasons um speaking of of depth and we're talking about you know other signings that may not be big names there was a rumor that came out earlier today that um, Mexican international uh, uh, Jurgen Dam, 
was rumored to be going to MLS and that the Galaxy were um, in pursuit of him. And, uh, of course, Galaxy Twitter went crazy, um, saying that here's a 27-year-old, he's a winger, and as David just pointed out, there's no depth in either one of those positions. And um, it's a guy who has a lot of speed, but that final ball just isn't there. So people were calling this pretty much another Boateng, another Antuna. People weren't really, I mean, the general uh, opinion was that they weren't really that interested in it. And for me, I'm not saying just throw anybody in there, but I got to figure that, look, here's a guy that, granted, maybe you can get, if you're going to go down that, someone has said, if you're going to go down that route, why don't you just get Boateng back for cheaper? You know, if, if you're just going to get a guy with a lot of speed but has no technical ability and, you know, can't shoot and the, the, the final ball is, uh, you know, is still something that's missing, go with, you know, something cheaper. For well, me, I, I think I don't, a guy like that, you 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 go with a, the potential upside rather than, like, what you know is not going to be uh, good enough. Right, exactly. So. And, and that's wh- and that's where I was headed. Here's a guy who at the time was supposed to be a big prospect in Mexico and never really panned out. And look, you're, you're missing a lot of players. You need depth. I'm, you know, if you ask me to get Antuna back for a fraction of what, I mean, it has to be less than a fraction. I mean, you, you paid, what, Chivas paid $12 million for him? Yeah. You know, if, so, I mean, if you come back and you were able to get him for, say, half a mil, I would take him in a heartbeat. Um, that's not going to happen, obviously. But, you know, you, you need some depth here. Um, the Galaxy are not going to hit a home run. They can't. They just, uh, like, the salary cap and the rules just don't allow it anymore. You, you need depth players. And I'll take a guy with speed um, going after, because he's not going to start, obviously. So I would take a guy with speed with a little bit more technical ability than, say, Boateng, um, as frustrating as it may or may not be to be watching him. I, I, I admit that I don't know enough about this player to make any kind of intelligent assumption. I don't follow Mexican soccer very, very closely. I generally know who's who are the good teams and, and you know who are the bad teams, but I don't follow it that closely. I, I admit I don't know enough about this player. Uh, I don't know if the comparisons to Antuna or Boateng are legitimate. I don't know if it's over-exaggerating. I I don't know what he could potentially bring to uh, the team or even the league, but it's players in a position that we need. However, um, after that rumor broke out, another report came out that it's actually Atlanta who might be the team that is going to sign him. Um, So I'm not sure which report you want to believe. There's obviously a lot of, uh, uh, we're not, you know, uh, strangers to false rumors and whatnot. So, um, the signing kind of makes sense for us. Um, but I'm not really sure, um, who to believe here. Uh, Either way, we need players in that position. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about first kick, Houston away. Team travels on Friday. Um, I think we kind of already talked about what our projected lineups were, I think, very similar to what they were uh, in the first preseason game. Um, 
so I think, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get the season started. Uh, the LA Galaxy will be hosting an official watch party at Tom's Urban at LA Live. Um, so that's all over their socials. More importantly, go follow uh, V-Block, go follow Angel Seed Brigade, LA Riot Squad, Galaxy Outlaws, the Galaxians, because they have posts for all the other watch parties that, are there, that people are hosting all around LA, the IE, OC, and even Vegas. So uh, uh, check out our socials because we will always repost and retweet and and uh, share all the watch party locations on our social media stuff. So make sure you guys go uh, look at that. And, I mean, I don't know. Are you guys excited about uh, Saturday? First kick? Uh, oh, obviously. I mean, I, I cannot wait to get this season started. It's been a long off season. I cannot wait for Saturday. Well, I hope you guys are ready then. Because the time has come. Strap in, boys and girls. The time has come for our 2020 MLS preview and predictions. Do we? Um, uh, so, so, so before we get into that, uh, let me ask you: uh, Have we covered the galaxy part of this, or are we going to double back to the galaxy? We will double back to the galaxy. Okay. Um, we are going to start in the east. Um. Uh, I'm yes. sorry, like because I know I, I know we're like we're headed for the, with this preview, but I, I do want to ask you because I think there's a little bit more of a detailed question, and it has to do more with what we talked about in the preseason, how we looked, and the pieces that we picked up, and the pieces that we still need. Uh, so I want to ask you guys this question before we start getting into the general um, overview of the rest of the league and the general overview of the galaxy. Um, there were two big issues that needed to be addressed in the offseason. One was, how do you replace Zlatan's 30 goals, and how do you fix this defense? Whether you liked the answers that the Galaxy have given you is a different story. Um, but their answers were Katai, Chicharito, Insua, Depew, uh, what may very well be uh, uh, Alan Franco. So, I got two questions for you. I'm going to ask... First question, I'm going to ask... Uh, a Bobby here. So the Galaxy last year scored 58 goals. So Bobby, I'll ask you first. Do the Galaxy score more or less than 58 goals in 2020? Less. Less. David. I think it's more. I I agree with David. I think it's more. It's going to be spread out. I, I think it's going to be spread out too. I, I think that um, I don't think they're going to break any goal scoring records. I know potentially they do, but I, I just I feel that they will have a more, or at least the idea is to have a more well balanced, well rounded attack to where more than one player can hurt you. Uh, uh, and I do feel that they are going to score more than fifty eight goals. David, I'll ask you the second question: the Galaxy allowed 59 goals last season did the galaxy allow more or less goals than more or less than 59 goals in 2020 right now i'm feeling that as a push is that an option bobby? that's what an option I mean? bobby it means 59 you said mm. the exact same amount of goals i think we're gonna allow less i think we're gonna make less goals and allow less goals Okay, I am. 
Actually, I agree with a, a little bit of both of you uh, on on this question. I, I feel that we're going to allow less goals. I just don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. So if we allow 59, I say we allow like 54 or like 53. I don't think it's going to be a, a huge um, turnaround. Um, but uh, you never know. I, I, I feel more confident in the offense than I do uh, uh, – in the defense uh granted that we didn't get a clean sheet in the preseason but we only allowed multiple goals one time and that was when we were playing with 10 men and the ref on that day was uh, a little iffy so if you want to look at it in that in that way if you're allowing a single goal per game that is an improvement uh you were allowing 1.74 Last year, if you were allowed just over one, that's a huge improvement. And you're actually cutting that down by a good margin. If you're allowing a goal per game, you're at 34. So that's a huge, um, huge improvement. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but like I said, I, I agree with both of you. I think they'll, they'll allow less, but I don't think it's going to be a significant change. Um, okay, I just wanted to get your opinions on that uh, before we before we get started, uh, because those are the two questions that were really needed to be answered this offseason. I want to know how how you would answer those. Mm. So it's, uh, it, it certainly sounds like you thought about it for a while. I I mean, I, I kind of feel that there is there is an optimism on because it's preseason that, hey, you know, you've improved your team. That was the goal. That's the idea. Even when, you know, I mean, shit, we thought 2017 we had, okay, okay, I can see it. How can this could work? Let's see what happens. And you know, I mean, that's, then, that's us then, every year. Come on, right? Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like we're in the preseason, so this it's the, t- the time to be optimistic is now. I do feel that there is, you know, that renewed sense of okay, we got this new season. Uh, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of reasons to be positive, um, but we'll see how we're feeling in May or even June. So, um. And, yeah, and, I, I and to be to be honest with you, and, and I was going to mention this at the top of the show, and I, I kind of forgot about it, is I, I feel like right now the way that we're feeling, the way that we're talking about the team, I would go out and say that this is probably like the team preview for the first three months of the season, and then we'll have to reassess where we're at, where we're at after that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> So and and I think that that's uh, you know and, and now we're going to go into and and talk about uh, the rest of MLS and and where we see how they fit you know at the end of the next year or at the end of this coming season, uh, but first we're going to look at where we had each team this time last year when we did our 2019 season preview. So I'm going to go. I'm going to start in the East. We're going to go down the list. Um, we're going to do a longer form of this on our website so look for that uh, as as an article or as like a little uh preview that'll be out later this week i just need to uh polish up some more stuff but uh basically guys what we're gonna do what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go through i'm gonna name the teams i'm gonna name where they finished last year and what our predictions were for 2019 and then we're gonna give our predictions for where they're gonna end up at the end of the 2020 season so in the east Starting off, Atlanta United, they finished second, uh, and they were uh, they made it to the playoffs. They were an Eastern Conference finalist. They were the U.S. Open Cup winners, and they won the Campeones Cup. Um, 
In 2019 predictions, I predicted that they would finish in third place. Lewis had them in the playoffs, uh, somewhere between second and third, and Bobby had them in second place. So we're all pretty close on this. Um, I was this right. Is Frank- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you said, Not yeah, pretty you said close. Second. I was right. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you were dead on. You were dead on. Good job, Bobby. Um, so uh, Frank DeBoer, second year is in charge. Um, all three of their DPs have returned. Uh, they're losing Darlington Nagby, Julian Gressel, and Leandro Gonzalez Perez. Uh, they add Frank Fernando Mesa, Brooks Lennon, and Mateos Rosotto. Where do you see Atlanta finishing in 2020, Lewis? Ooh, um, like so. This is Frank DeBoer's second full season. I think Atlanta finally got on board with what he was trying to do. In the second half of the season, I think that spills over into this season. Um, Atlanta is always going to be, or at least in the uh, the short amount of time that that we have seen them, it looks like they're always going to be toward the top of the uh, the standings. I don't see how this year would be any different. And uh, for that reason, that's exactly where I'm going to have them. I'm going to have them at the top of the standings. I'm going to have them finishing first in the Eastern Conference this year. Wow. Okay, Bobby, what do you think? Lewis is saying exactly what I wanted to say. They're going to be picking up from where they are. They're going to constantly stay strong. They're, what their departures have, yeah, they were good players, but I don't see them as key players that changes any of their the any of their attack play and their any just any of their of how they're structured. So I go straight to the top number one as well. Uh, for for me, the only big loss for them is Julian Gressel. I think that uh, Gressel is a uh, was a big big um, piece for them, and certainly Joseph Martinez is going to be missing him. Um, Darlington Nagby, everybody hears about how you know everybody talks about how he's one of the most consistent midfielders in MLS. I really don't see what his what everybody is excited about. Uh, Nagby, he's older. I don't think he featured as that key of a player for Atlanta this year. So I think they can certainly um, uh, replace what he's, what he did for them. So I, I don't have him in first. I have him in second place in the East. Um, but I think that I can see, you know, easily how, that they can end up in first. Uh, next up the rebranded Chicago fire FC. They finished in eighth place in 2019. Um, Bobby, you had them in eighth place. Again, you were absolutely down on yep. correct. Lewis, you had them in ninth or tenth. I had them in tenth place. Um, Chicago, again, undergoes a big rebrand. And, and uh, much to the chagrin of uh, logo in- enthusiasts everywhere, uh, you know, the logo is is lacking, as, as Bobby has made uh, uh, pointed out, that I, I really hate their logo. Um they're I almost hate leaving you bringing it up. Me as much hating as you the, hate logo. the logo. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> so they're leaving, they're leaving their previous home in Bridgeview, and they're going to return to Soldier Field where they started uh, in an attempt to kind of re- reinvigorate that fan base. Um, their new head coach Ralph Wicky um, is uh, replacing an aging midf- midfield uh, in Bastian Schweinsteiger and. Uh, and Dex McCarty and uh, the uh, Nikolic and Katai um, also left, as we know. Katai ended up at LA Galaxy. Um, they bring in Ignacio 
Aliceda and Alvaro Medran. Um, I don't see them doing all that well again this year. Um, I, I really don't know what to make of Chicago. I think that this is probably the three, four year project for them. I have them in 10th place this year. Lewis. Uh, yeah, the rebrand is not going to be the same as, say, Kansas City's rebrand. Um, I And the logo is at the forefront of that. Um, and just the fact that you lost a lot of key players and not really bringing anybody in, I just don't see an improvement. I think you might have actually regressed here. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for Cincinnati which we'll eventually get to, I, I honestly believe that Chicago is going to be very bad this year. And if it wasn't for Cincinnati, I, I probably would place them as wooden spoon winners. Mm. I, I have no confidence in Chicago. And I mean, I, I think it's a team that, like you said, I, I just think this is a long-term project. I mean, leading up to the season, they didn't hire a coach, they didn't hire a director. Um, lost a lot of key pieces, didn't really bring much in. I, I think that they're kind of a mess right now, and it's going to show on the field. Um, I have them below you. I have them in probably 11, 12th, around there. Yeah. yeah. Bobby. Wow. Um, Lewis, stop uh, w- wiggling your way in two different spots. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a 11.72 maybe 11th if there's an 11th maybe. We we had that last year. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I yeah, know that's what I'm that's why I'm yeah, looking I at his, I'm looking at his thing right now and I'm like this fool <laughs> just hey, stop looking to, at my thing. He's just hey, trying to mean, get anything right. Anyways, um Chicago, yes, I agree with both of you guys. This, this should not be a this doesn't look like it's going to be a good year for them. Um I don't think they're going to f- fall flat as hard as Lewis is predicting. I'm gonna just stick to the eighth. I think they're gonna stay in eighth this uh, in uh, this year as well. Okay, I think yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair. It's it's interesting that we're all kind of on par so far. So Columbus, Columbus Crew, everybody's excited about the crew. Uh, they finished in tenth place last year. Um, our 2019 predictions, where I had them in seventh place. Lewis, you had them between uh, seventh and eighth place, and Bobby, you had them in sixth place. So yeah. they finish below our own expectations. Um, Caleb Porter now has to fill the void left by Iguain, uh, whose injury last season ended his uh, crew career early. Uh, they bring in Lucas Zellerian, um to be the guy who's going to be pulling the springs. Uh, Darlington Nagby is reunited with Caleb Porter. Um, I think that they're going to end up surprising people. A lot of people have uh, them as a, as a surprise team. I have them finishing as high as fourth place. Um, Bobby. Um, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the consensus that you're hearing around the block. Um, if that's true, then maybe you're right, but I'm going to go one below you. I'm going to go fifth. <laughs> um, well, I'm just gonna piss Bobby off and use Fuck my my two places because those no. are the two places that I was thinking of. Yeah, it's, it's it's somewhere. I think they're playing disqualified. Uh, I <laughs> uh, 
they're playoff bound. Obviously, you're finishing. Uh, I mean, well below the playoff line uh, last season. I mean, there are seven spots up for grab. You can't hit one of those seven spots. Um, I mean, what the hell are you doing? Uh, so, if you're going from ninth to fourth, that is a pretty pretty good jump um, in MLS. So. I, I feel that Columbus is uh, an improved side. I think that they will uh, show better than uh, than they showed, uh, especially toward the middle to the end of the season. I thought uh, in the beginning of the season, they thought they were okay. Um, or no, who am I thinking of another team? Um, either way, I, I just feel that Columbus uh, is improved. Um, I can see why people are saying Dark Horse, I just don't see them nav- navigating that far into the playoffs. But I am hovering with the guys right here. I, it, it's between a fourth and a fifth seed. All right. Um, move on to DC United. Um, they finished last year in fifth place. I had them in fourth. Lewis, you had them in fourth or fifth. And Bobby, you had them in third. So had a lot of I drama. think that... I think that DC quietly added some really solid pieces this year. I think Paul Ariola going down uh, with a knee injury might actually help Julian Gressel's chances of playing in the midfield rather than playing as a wingback this season, which I think is going to be good for Ola Kamara. Um, DC is also bringing in Edson Flores, uh, the Peruvian uh, you know, new signing. They're bringing back Emil Assad. Um, so they may not really miss Wayne Rooney and Lucho Acasa. I think that this is do or die time for Ben Olsen, uh, who's I think been in in the job for like 14 years or something. Um, DC spent money, you know, so another year of failure I don't think is an option for Ben Olsen. So look for them to be um, good this year. I have him in third place. What do you guys think? Same Z's. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not sure uh, if, if the injury to Paul Areola helps the team or not. I think that's a big loss. Uh, may help Julian Russell, but I, I think that they would have been a stronger team with both of them in there, or at least there's like some sort of like one, two punch or a, you know, if, if, if you're not picking up the slag, then some other guy will, but, uh, I feel like that that's kind of a big loss for them. I, I originally agree with, with you guys in the third place um, for DC United. And if anything, they were the dark horse for me um, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm not sure if third place is considered a dark horse. Uh, when you look at the elite teams, I don't think DC United is an elite team. Uh, and that's why I would classify them as a dark horse where you have that chance. But I, I'm honestly not sure how how much that injury is going to affect that team. Um, but yeah, my, my original prediction for this team was third place. Hmm. All right. DC on the third place. Let's do it. Uh, okay. We're at that place guys. FC Cincinnati boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um, last year they finished 12th in the Western conference. Uh, or sorry. Uh, wait, did they finish in the Western East. Conference? They were uh, in the no, East, right? East, they're in the East. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, and uh, they finished 12th place. Um, 
last year we had them, uh, I think all of us, between 11th and 12th place. Um, Bobby wanted them to surprise, but uh, surprise! <laughs> boy, oh boy, did they surprise. Um, they actually win the wooden spoon last year. Um, so, can't really get worse than that, right? Mm. No. You could do it again. Tur- tur- I mean... Turns out, Turns out it could, it can. <laughs> um, it's Cincinnati's new head coach, Ron Johns, um, resigned with just two weeks before the season start because he, he used a racial slur. Apparently, he maintains that he was singing along to some hip-hop lyrics, but it was very obvious that that wasn't the case. And uh, after an, an investigation, it turns out that themes emerged uh, or similar themes emerged. And so he stepped away from the team. So now mind you that the investigation was still ongoing. It wasn't yes. finished. Yes. So I uh, actually, as they do have a head coach or an interim uh, head coach right now who had taken the job uh, again, cause he was the interim head coach for a little while last year. Um, but I mean, God, this is three coaches now in, Less than two years of an existence for FC Cincinnati. I mean, good God. It's a year. It's a year. A year of existence. A year. Maybe, maybe MLS rushed Cincinnati to, to into existence. Um, I feel bad saying that, but I mean, look at what they have. It's, it's pretty bad. So, um, they lose Fernando Adi. They lose Roland Lamar. Um, I'm not sure if that's really losing anything. They bring in Harris Madunian uh, from Philly, y- Yuya Kubu, Kubo, and Jurgen Locadia. Um, what's going to be in store this year for Cincinnati? I have them dead last, repeat, wooden spoon. Dead last, 12th. Uh, dead last, 13th. It's uh, there's 13 teams this year for each conference, and I, wow, I mean, th- th- this is so bad, so bad. Uh, PR wise on the field, um, it's just not a good look for this team. Uh, here's a team that did very well for themselves in the USL side. They were uh, darlings in US Open Cup, I think, the previous season or two previous seasons ago. Um, everybody was kind of uh. You know, looking, okay, you know, like, here's this likable team and, you know, uh, just a lot of stuff that's happened in this first year that, you know, I mean, they should not even be here at this point, the way everything's kind of turned out. Um, And I'm sorry to say that. Um, But, yeah, there's no reason for me to believe that they would climb out of that ditch that they're in right now. It's, It's definitely the wooden spoon back to back. Next up, we have Inter Miami CF. Uh, um, David Beckham's Inter Miami team, they were always going to disappoint us, guys. Outside of signing Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar as their VPs, <laughs> any other signing was going to look lackluster. Their head coach, Diego Alonso, has won the CONCACAF Champions League, not the UEFA Champions League. Um they're off to a rocky start. They have, I think that Miami actually has a decent amount of like MLS role players. You know, they've got guys like AJ De La Garza. They've got 
ultimately win. Um, they brought in Rodolfo Pizarro from uh, Monterrey. They bring in uh, uh, Argentine, uh, young Argentine from Estudiantes, Matias Pellegrini. Um, they have Luis Robles in the in goal. They have Roman Torres, Ben Sweat, Will Trap. I think it's a good, like, competitive MLS team. I just don't think that it's going to be enough to do anything, though. So I have Miami in 12th place this year. What? How do you guys feel about Miami, guys? Um, I, you know, I didn't realize that I forgot that there was 13. So I'm putting Cincinnati at 13. I said 12, but it's 13. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, with, with, with that Look, let's said, be honest. If, if we said 14th, we would all agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just whatever the, the the last number is. Whatever the last number is. <laughs> <laughs> 22, 20, 27. <laughs> well, Inter Miami, you're right. I mean, they do have some players there. Um, we'll see how it goes throughout the season. I'm going to give them one more above you, 11th. I think that... For uh, I think we talked about it. Miami was a overhyped um, franchise. Uh, it it kind of laid an egg as far as uh, what they made us believe they were going to be. They were going to be a 3.0, maybe even a 3.5 team, and they're going to spend a lot of money. And for what it's worth, you know, uh, Pizarro wasn't cheap. And a lot of people, depending on who you're asking, uh, people are saying that's an even more important signing than Chicharito. I don't know if you guys read that article. I don't think that is entirely correct. Um, I see where they're going with that. You know, it's an up-and-comer, and that's the next big thing on the Mexican national team. But Chicharito is Chicharito. He's established. He's a name. He knows, uh, you know, uh, jersey sales are, I mean, I guarantee that more uh, Chicharito jerseys will sell, um, outsell uh, Pizarro jerseys by a country mile. So it's not going to be close. Um but that was their big signing. A Mexican international was their big signing, and there's nothing, uh, nothing against the, the player. But you know, when you're talking Messi and Ronaldo and Neymar, and and I can get any team, I mean, I, any player that I want, uh, especially because I'm David Beckham, and I can influence uh, these players to come here. Um, and that was your big signing. It kind of seems like you laid an egg there. Um, but the role players are there. I like Luis Robles. That's that's a proven MLS guy. Uh, AJ obviously is a proven MLS guy. You got uh, Juan Agudelo, who's also I think on the team. Yeah. Um, Will Trap, like you said, like it's it's a good guy who still features on the national team for some reason. So they have some good MLS pieces. They have some, you know, what uh, David calls glue guys. Um, but I don't think you're going to make the splash that everyone thought they were going to be a la Atlanta or even LAFC. Um, I actually give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt than you guys. And I'm going to say actually, a, you know, a, a, a seat above that, maybe 10th. I don't think ninth is completely out of, uh, out of reach either. You got to remember that. Put, put, <laughs> since, put Cincinnati. Number. You just can't do no, it. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> wait till I get hey man wait till I get my three seeds in there see how we try to sneak uh, that one though Lou, Dave oh I will I will, he, I will. He, he, the vocabulary change in order to bring it bring two numbers in oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use big words I use big words to throw you off um no I mean you, you have to you have to take into consideration that Chicago and and Cincinnati will be at the bottom so you can already elevate them up there and they just have to be kind of competitive 
with the likes of say like uh like a Montreal or um someone else who decides to either lay another egg or whatever i i, I think 10th is probably I, i'll definitely say at least 10th i think that they're they're probably their ceiling is probably nine though but I, i'll say 10th and ninth. Oh. you know what say, say both because i want to because i want to piss bobby off yeah so what i'm not playing what, what, I'm what's not your playing what are, what are, what are, eight nine right ten now. Eight, nine, ten? Eight, no, nine, ten. Nine, ten. Nine or ten. Okay. Oh, nine, or ten. Nah, nine or ten. Nine, you or know, ten. nine, ten, maybe third. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's, it's possible. <laughs> Anything between right. one and eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything between one and 13. That's where they're going to be. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we have the Montreal Impact. Uh, they finished in ninth place, last, ninth place last year. Our predictions... We're, we're, we were all bubble teams, so I had them uh, on the bubble, so that's the 6, 7, and 8 spot. Uh, Lewis had them on the bubble, 6, 7, and 8, and Bobby had them firmly in 7th place. So um, I can make decisions. This, yeah, Bobby, Bobby is decisive. Uh, Thierry Henry returns to MLS and, and makes his coaching debut in MLS, uh, but now he has to deal with Ignacio Piatti's departure. Um, that's going to leave a huge, huge hole for Henri. Um, they have Boyan Kirkic. They have, uh, you know, some other guys. They, they also are dealing with uh, CCL. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough one for uh, Montreal this year. I don't think they're going to do much. So I have them in 11th place. Wow. I got him in 10th. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think I said it on balls and beers. They lost Piotti, and you didn't replace anybody. Um, Henri's gonna have a hell of a time. I uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be do fine as a coach. In fact, he he pulled off a hell of a surprise in the Champions League, going up 2-0 in uh, in uh, I believe it's San Jose. That's where Saprisa plays, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. That's a hell of a surprise. Uh, but we have seen Montreal do very well in CCL, come 45 minutes away from winning the whole damn thing, all while laying an egg in the regular season. So I feel that this is kind of the same thing. I, I don't see the playoffs. I think this is, again, uh, uh, maybe a three-year project. Uh, this is not going to be the season for that. I, I have to agree. I, I'm going to go ahead and say 10th. For uh, for Montreal, and this is again uh, where Miami can jump to ninth. If uh, it's one of the t- teams that they, they can leapfrog, because the the bottom doors in this conference, I mean, they're really down there. So um, I'm gonna say tenth place for Montreal. All right, New England Revolution. Last year they finished in seventh place our 2019 predictions were i had them in eighth or ninth place lewis had them in ninth place bobby had them in ninth place so again consensus they outperformed they made the playoffs um i think it was impressive that bruce arena came in and brought them back all the way from you know elimination to a playoff spot but um he hasn't lost much in the offseason um all i know for new england is they're going to be hard to play against. Bruce Arena always puts together pretty competitive teams in MLS. So I have New England finishing exactly where they were last year, seventh place. I feel like um, I was like, did I hear that right? 
because it sounded like you were <laughs> gonna go a lot higher, and then you're like, I'm gonna stay right here, seven. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have. I'm gonna go third, third place. Whoa! Ooh, it's nice and up there. Um, another another year under Bruce Arena. I, I think there is. At the very least, they're they're moving sideways, but I want to say that they're going to be moving forward. Uh, uh, Bruce Arena knows the league. Uh, players in the league respond to him. Uh, I, I have no reason to believe that they will um, regress this, this year. So uh, I feel that they're going to make the playoffs yet again. But I, I kind of agree with, with David. I, I think there's an improvement, but not too much of an improvement. I want to say that New England will probably finish in sixth. Sixth place. Okay. Certainly all of us have him making the playoffs. Bobby has him making a, a good run. Um, all right. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was kind of a surprise pick for me, uh, but that high for Bobby. Yeah. It's a long season. It is a long season. Uh, very, very long. So let's go into the Red Bulls. Um are they finished in sixth place last year? We all had them in first place uh, uh, for uh, t- 2019. Um, I think be, you know, due to how good they were the previous year, uh, they they slipped up a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, Chris Armis is now um, you know still still at the helm. Um, they the Red Bulls shed a lot of their veterans as they seem to do every year or every few years. You know, they got rid of Luis Robles, BWP, and Kamara Lawrence. Uh, now Kaku and Royer are going to have to lead the team to see if they can do anything in the East. I have the Red Bulls not doing well. I have them in ninth place this year. I, I, I don't know what to make the Red Bulls, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you went from one of the best teams to, hey, this could very well be uh, about as close to a, I don't want to say dynasty, that word is thrown around a lot, but, you know, a good, solid team for years to come, uh, where you're going to be contenders and competitors, and and, uh, that was not the case. I'm not sure what team shows up this season or not. I, I, I honestly have no clue what to make of the Red Bulls this year. And so to piss Bobby off, I'm going to say between fifth and 10th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I- I'm kidding. I, uh, are you, <laughs> God, no, I mean, I can see, well, I mean, truth be told, can, can I see the Red Bulls finish in ninth place? Yeah, I, I actually can. I-, I totally can. Um, but can I see them making the playoffs? Yeah. I can, but they would be squeaking in. For that reason, I'm like, I have them on the bubble here. Yeah. I'm not sure where exactly they'll land. I'm still going to give two answers, Bobby, but it's going to be seventh or eighth. Somewhere between seventh or eighth. They're, they're really on the bubble for me right. uh, at playoffs this year. All right. All right. I got him on seventh. Bobby's going to allow it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> he, he has the same prediction. They're on the bubble. Not eighth. <laughs> seventh. Seventh. Solid. Seven. 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 Solid seven. I haven't yeah. put Just anybody else on seven, have I? <laughs> uh, you do not. No. Um, I know I'm keeping track on a, on a separate sheet. 
Uh, so yeah, no, no, no. Seventh is not taken already, Bobby. Um, okay, NYC. I'm just filling in my numbers. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally what I'm doing. Um, NYC FC. Uh, again, they're they're starting out the season with a CCL campaign. Uh, they had a barn burner in Costa Rica with a five three win. Uh, Erber and Maxi Morales look are looking good to start the season. Um, they're facing the challenge of first year MLS head coach Ronnie Delia. Uh, he's been called the Norwegian Klopp. So can he guide them to the top of the East? Uh, I say yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, did I give my my? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You our, left our standing it last year. I don't think I did. You left I think, it hanging uh, like sorry, it was going NYCFC next. <laughs> finished, finished in first place. First place. We, I had them on the bubble uh, for a playoff spot. Six, seven, eight, ninth. Uh, Lewis had them on the bubble. <laughs> six, seven, eight. Uh, Bobby, you had them in fourth place this year. Yeah. With all of that being considered, I think they finished in first. And since I have Atlanta in first, they're going to end in second. Yeah, I am. I have to agree. I think NYCFC could very well repeat as uh, Eastern Conference or first seed. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just got a feeling about Atlanta this year, and it's going to be a hell of a battle between those two teams. Uh, and I got them as number two. Uh, oh, but I can oh, see. I, I can. I can see them swap. I can see those two teams swapping. I really can. Sure, but sure. but uh, I don't think anyone's going to be too surprised if that happens. But uh, uh, but this is one where I'm saying, yeah, th- this is this is my one and two, Atlanta I, and then NYCFC right at right I honestly thought that NYCFC was going to be my hot take for the year. In, no. In, in saying that they were going to finish first. But, uh, no, no, no. Not no. really, I mean, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't uh, all right. Yeah. Well, speak, speaking of hot takes, let's go to Orlando. Uh, last year, they finished in 11th place uh our predictions for last year was uh i i had orlando winning winning uh the wooden spoon or being contenders for the wooden spoon in 12th place lewis had them in 11th or 12th bobby had them in 11th so we we're all pretty on par with where where we thought that uh orlando was going to end up uh oscar Pereja takes over as head coach after a short stint uh with cholos nani is in year is a year older tom dwyer still in this team still in this league Good God. Um, I don't know how much they have in them, but Oscar Pereja knows how to get the most out of his players, and he plays his kids. Um, I don't know if that's enough. I have Orlando finishing in eighth place. This is a team that, again, depending on how you're doing is where Miami can, again, move up in that standing. But I think Oscar Pereja was uh, one of the better um, coaching pickups uh, around the league, uh, along with Tab Ramos uh, in Houston. Um, and I, I feel that that's going to do a hell of a lot of good for Orlando. I don't think you're going to see those um, those rewards this season. I think you might see it uh, next or maybe even the season after that. Um, I think they have to be patient with him and um, um this is definitely a long-term project. I think you'll see some improvement, but it's not anything to be excited for. I'm kind of with David right here. I'm looking at like an eighth as well. I think you're you're close, but you're still not not reaching that uh, the promised land of uh, the playoffs. If you're Orlando, I, I think eighth is probably as high as you're going to go. 
Yeah, I think I'm around there too, but <clears throat> looking at my thing, I'm like, wait, I already put Chicago in eighth. What do I have open for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might well, nine there's a, open. Yeah. Wait, there's wait, a, what, what are my slots that are open, dude? You have, you have ninth place? You have sixth place. No, let's go ninth. <laughs> For those of you following along at home, yeah, bingo. <laughs> exactly. Uh, C twelve. <laughs> Honestly, this sh- you we should figure out a way to make this a bingo game. This is kind of this would work. <laughs> this would work. L A is our house. Bingo. Was, yeah. <laughs> like make this it would, happen. I think all of this would work actually, but yeah. Uh. Philadelphia finished in third last year. Uh, our predictions, my guys, my team, I had them in second place. So pretty close. Lewis had them between second and third and had them as the MLS Cup dark horse. That didn't pan out. Bobby had them in fifth place. Um, so Philly, they ship Harris Madunian off. Uh, they got rid of, or I shouldn't say they got rid of they sold austin trusty their up-and-coming uh, center back um jim Curtin's gonna have to maximize what they have um i don't know if it's gonna be much but i still think that philly is decent enough to make this to make the playoffs i think their their academy kids are gonna come up and uh it sounds like they have a good class so um i have them in fifth all right looking at my numbers <laughs> <laughs> Philly's ending in fourth for me. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Like like New York, I I'm not sure what to make of Philly. Um, I was actually pretty confident in them last season. Um, and, and I think they had an outside chance. Um, it, it was small, but leaning into the final weeks, they had that outside chance of even winning the Eastern Conference. Um, but then they blew in. Okay, they can go as high as second, and then again, they they kind of choked at the end, and they ended up in third, which is still higher than um, they had finished in previous seasons. Um, I thought they could have made uh, a decent run, but th- that was not to be the case. Um, they got rid of a lot of key players, and th- they're kind of up in the air right now. I this is another one of my bubble teams. I'm not sure where exactly you're landing here. You, uh, I mean, I can't say 7th and 8th because that goes to New York. But since I picked two spots, one of them has to pick one of them. The other one has to go to the other. So I'm going to say 7th or 8th for Philadelphia as well. You see how it doesn't work, Lewis? You see? <laughs> <laughs> you're messing up bingo here, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> not really because if I get one keep oh mind, you're finished in 7th oh have, that means Philadelphia keep in mind you also have uh, Orlando in 8th okay so okay. then see this is just he likes to spread it all out like, just yeah, the so, butter and jelly all out just so he's everywhere I, I just uh, I just feel like there's just this I don't know like the, I'll just put you down for bubble yeah just I mean then, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that should just be Whoever basically that a pass. Finger. That should just be okay, a pass. Okay, how about this? Card gets okay, bumped. how about this? The free space how, how in the middle. Oh, about, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it feels like an easy way to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't even tell you. I mean, I, I can even say sixth place for them as well. But, I mean, I just, 
like I said, I mean, they're 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 so in the middle of being in the playoffs or not that I really I can't give them a, a definitive playoff spot, but I can't give them a definitive. No, you're not making the playoffs either. It's it. I'll put me down for bubble. I'm gonna go with bubble. Yeah. Okay. Bubble, you get. Uh, yeah, all right, okay. Toronto. Uh, last year, Toronto finished in fourth place, and they won MLS. Or, or sorry, they made it to MLS Cup. Our predictions last year, I had them in fifth. Lewis had them in last place, winning the wooden spoon. Bobby had them in second. So uh, Toronto remained relatively consistent. Michael Bradley got gammed down, uh, and they brought in Pablo Piatti. Uh, no relation to Ignacio Piatti. Uh, Pozuelo is building a partnership uh, with Piatti. That's going to be important for uh, how much TFC is going to get out of the midfield. And can Josie stay healthy? That's the other. Um, that's the other question mark. I think that if he does stay healthy, he'll put up big numbers. So for 2020, I have Toronto in sixth place. I have nowhere else to go other than sixth place. Process <laughs> <laughs> um, of elimination. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of feel that Toronto. See, Toronto last year, you didn't, you didn't say last year's predictions, and uh, mine was way off. Yeah, at you, least as, you, I, you wouldn't spoon. As, yeah, I said wouldn't spoon for Toronto uh, yeah. last year, and for what it's worth, I mean, obviously, I know they made the MLS Cup and they ended up in the fourth or fifth seed, but. They also made a very late and quiet run. Because um, I remember that in Balls and Beers that like, hey, hey, Toronto all of a sudden is in the playoffs. When did that happen? Because they were teetering, teetering around 10th and 11th most of the season. Um, so, I, I mean, if it wasn't for the last couple months, a la Bobby, I probably would have been uh, uh, correct in putting them near the bottom of the standings. Uh, it's hard for me to do it again this season, uh, knowing that most of their players have returned um, and that Pozuelo is going to have another season under his belt. Um, I think they'll have, have a slow start, especially since Michael Bradley's out. But uh, I think they return to the playoffs. But I think they stay on par from where they were. I, I have them around like fifth place in the Eastern Conference. All right. All right, so we move on to the West. Clear off your bingo cards. This does sound like bingo, go. though. All right, guys. <laughs> so we're going to the next phase. This does sound like fucking bingo. Let's all go get coffee real quick, everybody. <laughs> Don't forget cookies in the back. <laughs> and don't forget to fill out your AARP oh, yeah, cards. No, I don't forget that. I don't forget that. <laughs> All well, right. So we go well, on to Susan the West. picking uh, them up. No, I'm just, just, sorry. <laughs> Susan's going to go around and <laughs> pick them up. Make sure you mark them clearly. Uh, Susan, Susan's eyes haven't been the same. Mm, she always gives us that look. <laughs> uh, we have Colorado in ninth place last year. Uh, our 2019 predictions, as you said, I boldly said I thought that Colorado was going to be good last year. I had them in fourth place. Lewis, you had them in fifth or sixth. Bobby, you had them in fourth place. So Robin Frazier has to compete with all the other clubs, all the other clubs in MLS, even though they have been reluctant to spend money. T- 
Tim Howard retires and they replace him with Clint Irwin, which I think is actually probably a you know upgrade uh, considering Howard was not very good last year. Um, that might be the difference for them this year. Uh, with that said, I don't see Colorado doing much. I have him in 10th place. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's going to be a difference of this year, so I'm going to go ahead and just put them in ninth place. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, obviously, I, I like Robin Fraser. Uh, I want him to succeed. I, I'm not sure they are um, going to be contenders. I don't see any names on their uh, on their squad here that has any that makes me believe that they would be um, playoff bound. Um, it's going to be a highly competitive Western Conference. Uh, uh, we've seen in the past couple seasons uh, a mere game can mean the difference between second and sixth place um, that quickly. So um, it's going to be highly competitive, I believe, again this year. And I don't see Colorado doing uh, going anywhere uh, um, near the running for the top seven. I, I have to agree with the guys. You're, you're probably teetering around that like 10th place spot. All right. So probably all around in the same same area. Uh, FC Dallas. Um, last year they f- finished in seventh place. Uh, I had them in seventh uh, slash uh, eighth place uh, on the bubble. Um, Lewis, I don't know if I got a prediction from you for Dallas last year. Let me let me double check here. I'm sure I did. We had you a whole show. Had seven, eight, or, seven and eight on the bubble. Seven and eight as always. Okay. Eight, nine, ten, fourth. Uh, as always, bubble. Play that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally correct. I stand by that. Um, and and Bobby, you had him in sixth place. So for me, Dallas is still Dallas. Uh, they've man- they managed to make the playoffs uh, last year, even though I think that was uh, high expectations considering the new head coach, Luchi Gonzalez. Um, I expect that they'll make the playoffs this year. They have a good class of academy kids, uh, you know, in in the mix there. They've, you know, and uh, Dallas is built on play their kids and i think that the, it's enough for, to make them competitive so i have them in sixth place i'm gonna put them in sixth place as well i uh, again it's another bubble team for me and i think they're right where they need to be where they were last year i i'm gonna keep them in the same spot i'm gonna keep them around seventh place i um don't know what to make this team again Right. Uh, I, I think probably the benefit of the doubt is to give them that playoff spot, but I think they're really, really like fighting tooth and nail for that playoff spot. So they're definitely a bubble team, but ultimately I, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll, I'll say uh, seventh. Okay. Uh, next up is Houston. They finished in 10th place last year. Uh, I had them finishing in seventh, eighth, or ninth on the bubble. Oh, you can get, oh, you can get three spots, huh? Yes. Uh, Lewis, you had them in six and three. Don't throw rocks. (laughs) (laughs) And Bobby had them in ninth place. So, Tab Ramos, he has been touted as the hot up and coming coach, uh, you know, for years now. Um, He brings in Darwin Quintero, Victor Cabrera, Marco Matrick. Houston is going to have speed and. In the front three, but I feel like their midfield is lacking a little bit. 
I think because of that, it's Houston. I have him in ninth place. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I have a feeling that the speed is going to really help them out a lot in the West. If they were in the East, I think it would be a different, different situation. I'm actually giving them a bit of a boost this season. Fifth place. Mm. I think... God, Houston has, as far as balls and beers purposes, they've kind of disappointed. Um, at least uh, for me, the last couple of seasons. I think I had them on the bubble uh, the last two seasons, and they've disappointed uh, both those seasons. And I think with the head coach, I, I feel that you're going to get a bump. And there's a part of me that says, look, you haven't made the playoffs. You've disappointed me. I have no reason to believe that you're going to make the playoffs until you show me that you can make the playoffs, in which case I want to put him in eighth. But he got some strong pickups up front. I think he gets the coach's bump. I think it's been a long time coming since he deserves his own uh, MLS team. I'm going to say they make the playoffs. I'm going to say sixth. For Houston. Mm. Sixth place for Houston. All right. Now, we come to LAFC. Um, they finished first place overall. They they won the Supporter Shield last year. Um, we had, at the beginning of the season, we had them in fifth and sixth. Lewis, you had them in fourth. Bobby, you had them in fifth. So, um, LAFC, like I said, they win the Supporter Shield. They set the record for most points at 72. They trade away goalkeeper Tyler Miller, Stephen Bedishore, and Walker Zimmerman. They add Francisco Janela, Jose, Sin, uh, Jose Sinfuentes, and Kenneth Vermeer in goal. They're going to have to rely on Vela to have another big year. But he's going to have a huge target on his back this year. They have CCL. They have a shaky goalkeeper. I think it's going to be tough for them to end up back on top. But I still have him finishing in the playoffs. I have him in fourth place. Fourth place. Um. I I hate to say this, but I mean the, the team is it's good. It really is. Um, the way the team is built, they're, they're they're built to win games, and they did they did so last season. Uh, however, it, it seems that the team is not built to win championships, uh, and that's what matters. Uh, Bob Bradley cannot win the big game. Carlos Vela cannot win the big game. Both of them will get you a shit ton of wins, and it doesn't mean anything if you're not bringing back any type of silverware, and that's exactly what has happened. Um, I feel that they'll be the same uh, this season. They're going to be good. They're going to win games. Um, But when the big games come, I I think they're going to lay that same egg. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were last season 
their defense is still very much their Achilles heel. Their attack is still very potent, still very strong. It's still going to be among the best in the league. Probably will still be the, uh, one of the best in the league. But I just don't think they're going to be as dominant. I don't think Carlos Vela is going to score 30 goals again. Um, as David said, he's going to have a huge target on his back. I don't think they'll have the same uh, MVP, MVP type performance. I still think they end up in first, though. I still think they're going to end up on top of, of uh, the Western Conference. But I just don't see them running away with it the way they did last season. I just I think it'll be a little bit more competitive this season. But uh, ultimately, I still think they get the the first seed. But it, it won't matter come playoff time. Um, I agree with Lewis. I hope it's a lot more competitive this season. Um, but right now, if you just look at the the West, I mean, it just doesn't look like there's too much too much competition for them really so i'm i'm the same first place wow okay um you said uh, it's so disappointing yeah i'm, I know. I'm very so disappointed so sad oh okay oh, okay <laughs> i guess guys i'm gonna take my ball and go home now uh minnesota we're gonna save the galaxy for last of course uh minnesota united they finished in fourth and they made it to the U.S. Open Cup final. Um, our 2019 predictions, I had them in third. Lewis, you had them in eighth place. Uh, I had them in se- uh, Bobby had them in seventh place. Uh, Minnesota's losing Darwin Quintero. Uh, they lost goalkeeper uh, uh, Vito Manone. Uh, they pick up Tyler Miller and Luis Almaria. Um, where are the goals going to come from? That's my big question mark for them. Uh, is Kevin Molino going to be able to help them? Can Ethan Finley stay healthy this year? Uh, I have Minnesota still making the playoffs. I have them in fifth place. I have Minnesota basically ending where they ended up last year in fourth, which was a huge surprise for us. I mean, well, for me, I had it in seventh. <laughs> so you were the only one that had the closest, Dave. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this is a hot take or not, um, but I'm going to say it. I I don't want to say that Minnesota was lucky last season. I think they did earn their playoff spot. I think they played well uh, throughout the season. Um, but for lack of better terms, I'm going to say that lightning does not strike twice. I don't have Minnesota making the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I mean, I, I think the loss of Quintero was, I think that's, I think that's massive. I think, I think he was a huge part of what, what Minnesota um, did last year um, and how they played. Um, I think that replacing him was, was kind of tough. And I, I just, I honestly don't think that lightning strikes twice. Um, I have him out of the playoffs. Um I still think they'd be competitive down the stretch. I just think they're going to miss out on it. So I'm going to say um, you're also teetering on that bubble, but I'm ultimately you're on the, the wrong side of it. I, I'm going to say eighth place for Minnesota. Okay. Um, new team, Nashville SC. Um, another team who, as Lewis put it, uh, not looking like an MLS 3.0 team, um, their start has also not been very rosy. Don Garber threatened to revoke their their the team if the, they couldn't figure out a stadium deal, 
that Nashville's mayor was holding up for some reason. Um, they made a big move for Walker Zimmerman for LAFC. Um, they got a bunch of MLS, um, you know, veteran guys, Dax McCarty, Dave Romney, all in the mix. I don't think Nashville's going to do well. I think they're going to be tough to play against. I don't think they're going to finish uh, wooden spoon, but I do think they're going to finish last in the East, um, in the West. So uh, I think travel is going to be play a big part in that. So I have him in 13th place in the West. I agree. Me, the, um, yeah, the, the, oh, the last number that we can use. The last <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's hard for 99. me not to put an expansion. <laughs> hard for me not to put an expansion team uh, in last of the conference uh, when you're not 3.0 caliber. It's especially in the Western Conference. I I, I kind of feel for Nashville. Uh, I I'm not really sure why teams take this route when they have a blueprint of what they could be and what they should be. And when you're entering the league, you actually have more of an advantage over literally any other team in the league. When you're starting from scratch, when you can build uh, a foundation, a philosophy, and when they don't take the route that the successful teams have taken, it's, it's just why even have a team to begin with? Um, and for that reason, I mean, it, it's, it's it's 13th. It's not much I can say. Yeah. Uh, Portland. Portland Timbers. They finished in sixth place. Uh, I had them uh, last year in right about in that area, fifth, sixth, or seventh place on the bubble. Lewis, you had them in third or fourth. Bobby, you had them in highest second place. Uh, the Timbers lose Brian Fernandez, or I, sh- I should say, got rid of Brian Fernandez, uh, whose baggage seemed to be a little bit too much uh, for the Cascadia Club. They bring in Yimmy Chara, Diego's brother, and Felipe Mora. V- uh, Diego Valeri and Sebastian Blanco are back. Uh, um, I think this is the team that might make that MLS Cup run. Um, uh, but with that said, I have the Timbers finishing in seventh place. I think they make the playoffs and then make a run, but I don't think they're going to do well overall in the league. Uh, Portland seven. Um, God, I, this is where it gets tough, but I, I want to say Portland nine. I, nine. I I don't I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, I. I I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm not sure if it's just because what I've remembered, yeah, I've uh, what I saw for them last season. Um, but I, it's just there's a couple what I feel like the, the playoff teams that I have are there's a couple hot takes in there. Um, and because of that, you're going to have some hot takes of teams that didn't make the playoffs. And I think this is one of them. I think Portland not making the playoffs may be a hot take here, but I just don't see them making the playoffs. For some reason, just got a, I, I just got a feeling. All right, RSL. They finished in third place last year. Uh, we had them. I had them in eighth place. Louis, you had them in ninth. Bobby, you had them in eleventh place. So, Nick Romando retires, uh, and uh, they RSL now turns to Zach McMath to be their new goalkeeper. I think that's a pretty good uh, replacement. Um, they bring in an 18-year-old winger in Ramirez, and now this is 
Freddie Juarez's team, and he'll need to make them perform. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I think that uh, RSL has a good academy, and I think they they're bringing up their players, and I think that's going to be ultimately is going to be good for them. But the rigors of MLS is going to be proved to be too much. I think I they finish in eighth place this year. Yeah, it's. I mean, last year's third place was kind of surprising, especially where we were ex- all expecting them to place. Yeah. Um, this is definitely going to be kind of a reworking season for them, so I definitely think they're going to drop. Um, you guys get the number 10 for me. Here's the thing with RSL. Um, going into the last three games of the season, the Galaxy had to play RSL, Vancouver, and Houston. And, we, and RSL was on the road. Uh, it was the only playoff team or the one that was fighting for a playoff spot so it was the toughest game for the galaxy they ended up winning that game um and they were in control of their own destiny you win the final two games you were going to make the second seed um if you were the galaxy and rsl because of that loss teetered down all the way to sixth place and could have went down to seventh uh going into the second game and ended up in third um that's how close the western conference was last season and i have no reason to believe that it wouldn't happen again this season um for the same reason that i'm saying that minnesota kind of got I, I again just for lack of better terms that they kind of got lucky last season although i give them more credit for what they did than what rsl did i feel that rsl got a hell of a lot more lucky than minnesota did especially finishing uh as high as third i i they, they got really lucky where all those teams just tanked uh, in the final two games for them to propel themselves all the way uh, that high. I certainly don't think Lang strikes twice here. I think I had them low last season. I'm going to say the same thing again this season. I think they missed the playoffs. I think they're in number 10. Ooh, almost had a bingo. Um, San Jose. They finished in eighth place last year. Uh, I had them in 10th. Lewis, you had them in seventh. Bobby had them in tenth. So it's 2020. After rumors of Almeida wanting out, he seems to be recommitted. Ownership seems to be recommitted to the project. Can Almeida figure this out? They bring in Osvaldo Alanis. Um, They put down big money to keep Christian Espinoza, who was on loan last year. So now Almeida needs to put this all together and get San Jose to a playoff spot. Um, their big motivation this year might be getting Wondolowski, uh, since he announced that the end of, uh, 2020 will be his last year. Uh, maybe getting Wando something is going to be what motivates them. I think they maybe make the playoffs. I have him in seventh place. Well, I'm running out of numbers, so they got stuck at 11th place for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fair enough. Scientific. Here's the thing with San Jose. I I said that they were a bubble team last year, and they very much were. And they really, really fell um, in the finish line. A playoff spot was definitely uh, attainable. It was up for grabs. It was theirs, but they ended up losing five or maybe the last six games of the season. I mean, they really fell uh, flat on their face. Good for them. Um, <laughs> another year under Almeida, and the, the thing is, leading up to those final five or six games, you saw the turnaround midseason. They 
you you kind of saw where Almeida's influence was really really evident, um, especially when they played against the Galaxy. There was that that, that game where they had over thirty shots, um, and you're saying, okay, well the Galaxy had a really bad defense. They they did it again like two two games in a row where they were shooting just as many shots. They they bombard other teams with that offense, and now you have another year under the belt with this coach and. Uh, with rumors of him wanting to leave, now there's rumors of him wanting a contract extension. So um, it looks like he's very much committed to this project. And I had him on the bubble last season, squeaking in. I kind of feel that they're going to be a surprise this season. I have them in the playoffs this season. And I have them around the fifth or sixth spot in the playoffs. And I feel that... I don't feel as strongly as I had Philadelphia as a dark horse last year. But if this team starts clicking, I feel that they can be a dark horse. I think it's just tougher because they're playing in a, in a, a much harder conference. You have, hmm. you have to worry about LAFC. You have to worry about Seattle getting hot at, you know, the, the time they always get hot. Um, if the Galaxy start clicking, you have to worry about them. I actually think that's going to be a really good game, that, that, that matchup against San Jose. Um, but I, I feel that they... I, I think that there's a dark horse in there. I, I wouldn't even put... I wouldn't even put it past them that they could even win the U.S. Open Cup this year. That they would... That, 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 that's US something Open. that they would... That they would be shooting for to get into the CCL. That Almeida's probably shooting for that and that U.S. Open Cup wouldn't be put past them. I think that they're a dark horse, just not a confident one, as I would say, like I said, Philadelphia last season. But I have San Jose in the playoffs, somewhere between fifth and sixth. All right. Um, Fuck them. <laughs> uh, next up is Sporting Kansas City. So Sporting Kansas City, boy, oh, boy, did they have a year last year. 11th place. Our 2019 predictions, unanimously, we had them in first place. All so of both, us. Yep. So both New York and Kansas City just really yep. tore us apart. They flipped. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I had them as Supporter Shield winners. So, the, you know, there, there you go. Um, so what did they do? They, I mean, first of all, Kansas City had an awful back line last year. I think they got hit with a lot of injuries um, and they didn't have any goal scorers. So they went out. They splashed some cash. They got Alan Polito. Um I think they splashed more cash on Polito than they have on any other signing combined. Um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of uh, faith that you put in v- Peter Vermees. Um, but that's also a lot of pressure that you put on Vermees. Um, they add defensive depth with Winston Reed and Roberto uh, Punisic. And uh, they lose... Seth Sinovic, Benny Fellhaber, and Christian Namath. I don't, I don't think either one, any one of those departures is going to be, uh, you know, that much of a difference. I have Sporting Kansas City finishing in second place this year. Mm. I have Kansas City. So they went off and splashed some cash more than they ever have ever um, because they missed the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. Um, I want to say at least 10 years. Since they had missed the playoffs, so it, yeah. it had been quite a while. Been a while. So 
Yeah. So as soon as they miss the playoffs, where their you know their FO goes, yeah, we're changing this up, and they splash some cash. I think it does show on the field. Uh, they ended up what eleventh? You said last season. Yes. Um, yeah. So eleventh place. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's going to be for me a, a big turnaround. Uh, maybe not as much as David's uh, second. I don't have them that high up. But I do have them. I do have them making the playoffs again. I, I do think that that's a really, really good franchise. I think that Peter Vermees um, took it upon himself to completely rebuild it, and for a while it, it looked like they were really, really on track. Injuries hit them really hard last season. Um, not really much you can do about that. And then decided to okay, you know what? Let's just go ahead and change our philosophy. Fuck this small ball stuff, and you know, got themselves uh, a hell of a striker. I think they're back in the playoffs. I think. They're teetering around the fourth seed, maybe the third. Hmm. That's pretty high, Bobby. I have them pretty low. I have them eighth place. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to Seattle. Uh, Seattle Sounders. They finished second in the West and they won MLS Cup. Um, our 2019 predictions. I had them in second. Lewis had them in third. Bobby had him in eighth. Huh. Sounds familiar. Um, I'm switching people out right now. I'm switching teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sporting Kansas City for Seattle Sounders. Um, So they're going to be hampered with uh, CCL. They're going to be hampered with Campeones Cup or uh, um, and and as uh, Spinny from Nag News pointed out on the Megapod, they're the oldest team they were the oldest team in, in the league last year. With that said, they lost Roman Torres, Kim Ki-hee, which is a big part of their their old guys. They bring in um, Yamir Gomez Andrade, uh, Shane O'Neill, and uh, and Ar- they add to Ariaga. Um, the big three is back. Uh, Morris, Lodero, Rui Diaz, and now they're going to be complemented by Joao Paulo, who already opened up his uh, Seattle Sounders account in CCL this week um, or last week. He looked impressive and energetic. I think if he can stay healthy, Seattle's going to be uh, a team that is going to do a lot. So I have Seattle in first place this year. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be a very strong, strong team again this year. I have them in second. Yeah, it, it's <sighs> we left Seattle for dead last year. Yeah. He left Seattle for dead for like I, I think like two months before the season was over, and all of a sudden they went second in the in the in the Western Conference and rolled that wave all, all the way to MLS Cup. Not the first time they've done it, um, and that seems to be their MO. That seems to be their blueprint. Just yeah, the Smith blueprint. Yeah, just just hit their stride in July and August, and just ride that momentum all the way through. That's what really counts is just what are you doing in the playoffs? And um, it's really hard to argue with those results. And I mean, for that reason, I feel that they're going to have to have another strong finish. Um, maybe they do start off slow. Maybe they do, uh, you know, have a, a bad start to the season where you're saying, oh, that that run ended, but. You know they they come back from the dead, um, and it's hard to uh, bet against uh, the coach right now. I have them probably the same way. I, I probably have them finishing in second place. I think third is probably where they bottom out. All right, uh, Vancouver. 
or Vancouver, Vancouver. They finished in 12th place last year. Our predictions were uh, I had them in 11th. Lewis had them in 10th or 11th. Bobby had them as 12th, the wooden spoon. Um, they're terrible. They bring in Lucas Cavallini from Puebla uh, and a Colombian winger in Christian Dejome. Um this is uh this is this is a big year for for Vancouver. I still don't think that it's gonna uh, prove to be much. I have them in eleventh place. Yeah, if it wasn't for Nashville, they'd be in thirteen. They're in twelfth for me. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel bad for uh, Marta Santos. I I think that <sighs> if he is gonna turn a team around, I'm not sure if this is the year. I'm not sure how much of an improvement you're going to be making. I don't know how much patience Vancouver is going to have. I got a feeling that he may be very well one of the first coaches that may be fired. Well, in Ron, this season. Ron Johns, uh, Ron, Ron Johns, John, uh, you know, Johnson. did him a solid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, during the season for other okay. reasons, not having to do with calling your players racial slurs. Um, I, I I I think it's unfair to put him on the hot seat. Um, it, it's a pretty bad organization, um, and it's going to take time and patience. And it's a highly competitive conference. I mean, it, we look at the teams that are in it right now, um, and Vancouver is just not going to be anywhere near competing for a spot. I think their home field advantage may be your X factor, but it's certainly not going to be enough for you to carry you into the playoffs. I, I have to agree. They're going to have to finish somewhere at the bottom of the standings as well, or we're talking 11 or 12 again. Man, poor Toronto. I mean, poor uh, Vancouver. Yeah, whatever. It's Canada. All right. And that leaves <laughs> the LA galaxy and got, ladies and gentlemen, if you are playing prediction bingo, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm willing to bet you can guess what number is left on the table here. The Galaxy finished in fifth place last year. I had them in fifth, sixth, fifth, seventh, and eighth, which is on the bubble. Lewis, you had them in fourth, fifth, and sixth. So you were right at some point in there. And Bobby, you had them as high as third, which they should have finished. That's where they should have. But yeah. they did not. That's where they actually, I, I, I actually don't remember going that low. I said they can finish as high as second. No, maybe, maybe, but no. Maybe. I, I, I official answer was. I'm pretty sure Lewis said maybe six, seven, eight, but also they could probably do second and maybe win or the championship. <laughs> Definitely not fifth. Not fifth. Uh, <laughs> if anything, I said uh, two, second, third, third, or I said second or third. I, I think that's probably what I said. I, I went back and listened to the show uh, yesterday. I, I so I got that's where I got some of these numbers. If I hadn't had them already written down, but okay, um, let's talk. Way. Doesn't matter. Let's, let's talk about the galaxy. So a ton of departures for the galaxy at the end of 2019. Diego Polenta, Fabio Alvarez, Oriol Antuna, Roman Alessandrini, Dave Romney, just to name a few. Um, they go out. And they acquire a big uh, player. They're, the the question mark for everybody was how do you replace uh, Slatan in thirty goals? And the short answer, you know, we've talked about this at length, but the short answer is you don't. Um, but the Galaxy go out and they get the guy who is probably the highest on the MLS wish list in Javier Hernandez. Um, 
they doubled down on Christian Pavon by triggering his buyout clause with uh, Boca Juniors. Um, is that official, put, by the way? I, I, I haven't seen anything, but you know that's that seems to be the, the, what's happening. Um, they bring in guys with some MLS experience, Alexander Katai and Sasha Kleshtin. They're trying really hard to fix their defense. Jorgen Shelvik has been loaned out and been replaced by Emiliano Insua. As we said, the 23-year-old uh, Alan Franco is on the radar. They're you know, actively trying to get him. Um, Daniel Steres is getting pushed by former Galaxy 2 center back Nick DePew. So the big question in market is, can GBS make his team? Because this is now solely his team. Can they make it work in MLS? Gia has no excuses this year. The Galaxy have to find success. They have to be legitimate contenders for MLS Cup. I have him finishing in third place this year. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're all hoping for. So I also have them in third place too. Man, David, I think we won. We're going to win this bingo yep. game. <laughs> um. <sighs> It looks like the offense, at least on paper, should be okay. Granted that everybody stays healthy and everybody uh, is in sync. It looks like you can outscore opponents. The defense is still the question mark. You got Insua, and that's basically it. You brought in Nick DePew from Galaxy 2, who looks to be serviceable, but not the guy that you would be thinking would be... um, the guy to come in to bolster your back line and especially your 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 center back position. Felcher and Araujo seem to just they're going to be battling out the entire season, and that seems to be a stalemate uh, between this season and last. Uh, I think Sturz has that position locked down. It's uh, someone has to challenge people, and you didn't sign anybody. Um, you have a Galaxy Two guy that may or may not replace him, just depending on how horribly, uh, you know, Gonzalez does. No depth. So, as I said earlier, it's, it's just scary. If, if a starter goes down, it really does throw a huge wrench into that machine. Um, and it can really derail everything if you have a long-term injury going there. Um, I mean, best-case scenario, if everything goes according to plan... I'm saying once again, you can probably finish as high as second. Um, you're probably teetering around that second or third again. And here is another. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there because I feel with the t- the front six that you have, you can outscore opponents. I feel that they have a, again a dark horse chance at the cup and it's because of the offense or the potential of what the offense can possibly be you have chicharito who will probably more than likely be double teamed every single game which would then open up space for either pavon or katai or the jet or kleshton or dos santos there are attacking options here very much you're gonna have pavon double teamed which again will open up space for any other guys i just mentioned The offense is what's keeping 
the galaxy alive as far as, as cup hopes that you have a puncher's chance. You just need to land that haymaker, and the galaxy have the potential to do that. The defense, mm, that's where the Achilles heel is. But second, third with the dark horse chance. That's what I'm saying. I think that the Galaxy San Jose matchups this year, they're going to be a hell of a lot of fun. They're going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Best way to make them fun, let's get 1K to San Jose. Woohoo! Huh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the MLS prediction show 2020. Preview. Thank you. If you've stuck, uh, sorry, prediction preview. Uh, if you stuck around with us this long, thank you so much. Um, again, we're going to be doing a longer form of that in on our website. Uh, so uh, look out for yeah, like, <laughs> a more written out form. Yeah. Um, and, and commit and commit to our numbers and our bingo. We did because we did get bingo twice um, to uh, to to our website, and so uh, look out for it there. Um, we did have uh, listener questions, but. I, uh, honestly, like uh, it's we've gone so long, I don't think it's worth uh, uh, going over them. So, guys, <laughs> guys, sorry that we did not get to your questions. Uh, if any of these are are still uh, in in the Relevant. case, uh, you know, for next week, then then we'll we'll talk about them next week. Um, yeah, that, that's it. Good guy. I'm I'm exhausted. All right, guys. Yeah, thank it. you for listening. This is episode 185. We're leaving. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to LA Is Our House. Make sure you check out our website, laisourhouse.com, where you can find all our social sites. Also, listen in to Balls In Beers, our weekly MLS prediction show, where you can find on iTunes and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. 